Hello and welcome to New Mexico Castaways. I'm Rosalinda Roman and I am recording this in early April 2017 in the Grand Bahama Bank in the middle of the night. I think it's like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, no, 2.41 to be exact. And I have not slept yet. Maybe, maybe 15 minutes of sleep. We are, for those of you that are new to the show, I live on a sailing catamaran with my family. The boat is called the Dawn Treader, and we have three kids. Ahava is 12, Ziva is 10, and Samuel is six. And then we also have a German Shepherd who is almost a year. She'll be a year next week. So yeah, I'm on watch. And the reason I'm on watch, it was not planned. So this is actually, the least fun kind of watch because um, usually when you're on watch you you take turns sleeping uh, but both Nathan and I, Nathan is my husband and the captain, also the doctor and a million other things but uh, he um, normally we would take turns sleeping and then being on watch but uh, unfortunately we did not be, we were not planning to be going at night right now. Uh, we anchored at a place called Mackie Shoal. It's basically just a shallower area in the middle of nowhere in this Grand Bahama Bank. We are traveling from Nassau to Bimini and then on to Florida. Uh, we have been here in the Bahamas just under four months uh, coming up it's going to be four months, I think. Let me make sure that's it. We left in December uh, 13th, January, February, March. Yep, coming up on April 13th will be four months that we've been cruising in the Bahamas. And um, we've had many wonderful adventures. It was cut short because we uh, ran into an issue with an immigration officer who decided that he did not want to renew our our request for extension on our permit, which usually is a, a pretty standard automatic thing, no big deal, but at least that's what I've been told and our experience in the past because we lived on a boat uh, about seven years ago uh, and came to the Bahamas as well. But anyway, so we are now heading back to Florida um, to let things reset and then we can always come back to the Bahamas later Hopefully we will. Uh, it's definitely one of the most special places we've ever been. Oh. Angelica. Oh, somebody is calling. Uh, yes, good morning. Standing by. <laughs> That's somebody on the radio at this hour. And uh, Yes, I can see your green light, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and pass you on your starboard side. We are uh, westbound motor vessel on a course of... 285 degrees. Huh. Uh, westbound, that's us also, and we are westbound. Roger that. Two but that's well, not thank us. Thank you for the call. Have a good night. So you guys get to listen into a little traffic there. Um, right now I'm looking at uh, these boats and um, we have a system called AIS. I think I don't even know what it stands for, and it's way too middle of the night to even try. Um, but basically that is a system that sends out a signal to let everybody know who is on the water and what boats are near you and if you're going to have a, um, an intercepting point. Um, and if so, it'll send off an alarm. What you just were hearing was one boat telling the other that they were going to pass them so they must be heading in opposite directions. Just a second ago, there was a boat on my AIS and it just disappeared. Um, and that's always kind of a creepy, scary feeling when it's just gone and you're not sure why. But anyway, we are just cruising at a depth of 20 feet and there is one, oh, there it popped back in. I'm gonna move the cursor over to see if I can, sorry about the noise. Um, to see if I can see what the ship is before it disappears again. And that one is, just says AIS target. It doesn't actually tell you what it is. And then 
that's the only thing to uh, worry about for now. So basically, on watch, all I'm doing, I'm really not doing a lot of um, autopilot. has us on a course. Um, so let me back up and tell you about why we're cruising right now. We were, the plan was to go from Nassau to Chubkey, spend the night somewhere near uh, Chubkey in the Berry Islands, and then make the journey across the Grand Bahama Bank today, no, tomorrow. But once we started going today, uh, I, oh, it's all a blur, yesterday, once we started going on Saturday, we were making really good time. We had a little bit of a wind behind us, so um, we tried to take advantage of it because the seas were calm. And so we continued into the Grand Bahama Bank. And there's really nowhere, there's no islands between Chubkey and Bimini. And so you have to just anchor in the middle of nowhere. But there's these things called rum lines, which is where all the big boats go through. They're, it's not R-U-M, which is what I thought it was when I first heard the term. It's R-H-U-M-B, I think, rum lines. I'm not sure what that means. And we have no Wi-Fi here, so I can't look it up for you. But um, anyway, so you're, you're dropping anchor in the middle of this ocean, basically. I mean, it's shallow, it's not like the ocean, but it's called the Grand Bahama Bank. And, and it's, it's an eerie feeling to just be on the hook, as uh, the term is common lingo, I guess you could say. So yeah, it, it's really not, it's a little unsettling to begin with, to be on the hook. Keep an ear out for the radio. So let me turn this up because I am on watch. Volume. No, I don't want to change that. I want to change the volume. Okay. Sorry, I need to make sure I know what I'm doing because uh, obviously I need to hear if anyone has an issue or is coming across our path. Um, there is one boat in front of us, which it feels like we're getting closer to based on this chart, but Nathan assured... Hey, you guys come through the Northwest Channel? That's right, we did. Was it uh, kind of nice, or how was it over there? Oh, it was gorgeous. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Good safe trip. Good night. Thank you, too. All right. So there's a conversation, one uh, captain asking another what it looked like through this one passageway that they're going to be heading through. So anyway, we, we did anchor. We found a group of sailboats in this one spot by Mackie Shoal, a little off of it, actually. We were heading toward this place called Mackie Shoal, which is more shallow than the other areas around it. So we figured that'll be good because the big ships would not come through there. And we were maybe an hour from our planned anchorage. And again, there's no islands. It's not like you're tucking behind an island like you usually would anywhere else. But we saw this cluster of four sailboats at anchor a little ways from there. And with the thought that it was, you know, there's safety in numbers, we would just kind of join the, the crowd. And they, we figured they knew something we didn't. We tried to hail them on the radio to see if they would respond and we could ask them if it was a good place to anchor. And, and also we didn't want to like intrude if it was like a group of friends traveling together and they didn't really want a boat with kids nearby and a dog. But um, nobody ever answered their radio, even though they did. We could tell the, the boat name from the AIS system. Uh, two of the boats had their AIS on, and we got their boat names, and we hailed them, but they never responded. So we ended up dro dropping anchor after uh, sailing from basically early morning when we left Bay Street Marina in Nassau to uh, about 4.30 p.m.-ish. And then, so then we said, well, let's just, maybe it was later, I don't even remember, but we dropped anchor along with this cluster of sailboats. And it was so beautiful and flat, which, by the way, now that I'm talking to you, it is again, uh, which is nice because a while ago, so we 
we dropped anchor. We saw a beautiful sunset, grilled hot dogs, had a nice dinner as a family, and then Nathan went to sleep. And I was frustrated because I was looking forward. He travels a lot and he's been really gone a lot. And so I was looking forward to just having an evening of good conversation and just kind of hanging out before we head back to Florida and, you know, be in the thick of everything again. Um, this anchorage was nice because you cannot see any city lights from that point. It's just the ocean and it was beautiful and the stars were out. It was an almost full moon. And so, and the, everything was calm. Well, anyway, Nathan went to sleep, but the girls and I, and Samuel joined him, uh, the girls and I brought a mattress from the guest room up on the upper deck and lots of blankets and snuggly uh, stuffed animals and whatnot. And we were going to sleep under the stars and it was so pretty. And we thought, well, this is probably going to be our last time to do this before we're out of the Bahamas and in civilization again. So we were lying there and I probably slept for half an hour. And, but all of a sudden, just really suddenly, this current shifted and started just rocking us back and forth, back and forth. And we're a catamaran, which means we don't rock like uh, a monohull. Monohulls, they, you know, they'll sway from side to side a lot more significantly than we do. Um, and we were just, you know, rolling back and forth and to the point where I kept, I, the reason I wasn't sleeping is I kept worrying that one of my daughters was going to like roll off the edge of the boat. Um, and it wasn't realistic probably, but still I was not sleeping. And then all of a sudden Nathan came upstairs and was like, this is ridiculous. This is awful. This is uncomfortable. And he said, we, we might as well just go. And so we did. We pulled up anchor and we, we actually put out the jib, which is the forward sail here on the boat. Um, and we were sailing a little bit, but then we had to make a turn and now the wind is not in our favor. So we are now cruising, motoring at 6.6 .6 knots. And Nathan has gone down below to go to sleep. Uh, to catch some sleep while he still can. Um, I'm better, I'll be better at napping in the morning if I need to. And he needs a lot more sleep than I do. <laughs> Just between the two of us where he, he really, I always have said, we've been together for 20 years and um, I've always said he really needs 10 hours sleep. I remember when I met him and he would say he needed, you know, sleep and he'd get like eight hours, which to me is like, way tons of sleep and it wasn't enough and I realized he's happiest when he has 10 hours of sleep. I usually am happiest when I get about seven, six or seven, but I usually get like five, four or five. Uh, so I'm okay right now so I figured he better go down and get some sleep while he, while the sleep getting is good and the children are sleeping. That's a bonus and I figured I'd just stay up and talk with you guys. So I'm gonna take a break and get a glass of water um, which is always a weird feeling to go down below when no one else is up on deck and leave the helm unattended. It, uh, it's fine because obviously we are um, on autopilot, but uh, yeah, it's a kind of a creepy feeling. And another ship just popped up on my radar, so I'm going to check that out and then I'll be right back. All right, so I decided not to go get a glass of water because this boat that came up on my radar very fast is um, the same boat you were just hearing on the conversation a minute ago, and they're coming up fast. Um, I'm able to see on their AIS that, let's see what it says. Um, it says it's called um, motor yacht Angelica and it is 0.353 nautical miles away heading in our general direction and it says TCPA which I think is the time to intercept I don't know for sure is seven minutes 27 seconds yeah I'm gonna have to just pay attention and see what I see. I can't see anything yet. 
uh, there is a light coming at me. So yeah, I don't even know what to do. Hate that, but I know she's paying attention. So we've got about six minutes and fifty seconds to intercept. Alright, let's see if they call us. Now I'll untangle my cords so I can still monitor the sound. I think that is a mistake I've made in the past where I just recorded and then later I played it back and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just crackly and terrible and a little wiggle of a cord here or there and I can uh, get you guys some decent sound. Uh, so I'm trying to be more mindful of that. Uh, well, I'm waiting for this boat that's coming in our direction, which I'm surprised it hasn't set off an alarm or something. It kind of scares me that it didn't, and I don't know why. I don't, this is, this is something that has come up a lot on this trip, that I don't know enough about this boat and how to, what to do and how to handle it to feel comfortable basically to feel comfortable, period. Basically, um, I've been depending on Nathan to, um, he always captains and always moves the boat, but there are many times where I'm realizing I really need a better understanding of what I need to do in situations like this. So I'm looking and it looks like they're coming right on our, so I think I do green to green uh, but anyway, I'm, I met a, um, a woman in NASA who was helping coach another, uh, she, she teaches like in a certification course uh, for sailing and she was, she was going to join a family, um, their boat there in the Berry Islands. They were going to go from NASA to the Berry Islands and she was going to teach the wife and a friend who flew in um, some all the systems of the boat and just go through everything so that she would have more confidence a better understanding of what to do and I would feel a lot better if I had any idea what to do in this case I don't know if I should wake up Nathan but anyway I think I need that kind of training I'm going to just call him. Angelica, Angelica, Don Treader. Angelica, back to the vessel calling. Hi, I just wanted to make sure you see us. Yep, I see you over there. See you on the two whistle. Excellent. Just making sure. Thank you. Yep, roger that. Have a nice evening. You too. Okay, they see us. I guess that means they won't hit us. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a creepy thing to be out here on the water, and um, I uh, I can I can see light, but I can't make out distance. Um, it plays tricks on you in the middle of the night, and so you just. Um, you know, you could be looking at a light that's a hundred miles away, or a light that's, in this case, one minute and fifty-nine seconds away. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm hoping that they know to avoid us, because I don't even know what I would do if they don't. It's weird that there's no alarm that went off. I know I said that already, but you're just hearing my raw stress and worry as uh, now I can see them getting closer and uh, yeah they are passing me just they're not gonna hit us yay yay for that um and it's one minute till they pass us I'm gonna zoom in yeah so we're good they're just gonna pass right by us it is really close for me. I guess it's not even a worry for them. I see two vessels, actually. I see two green lights, which means they're towing a dinghy. I wonder if I could get a picture of that so that I could put it in the show notes. 
it's like middle of night. You probably won't be able to tell what I'm taking a picture of, but yeah, there they are. There's Angelica passing me. All right, I'm going to take a little video so you can kind of see where we are. So maybe I can show you since you've listened into this. That little uh, purple triangle is that little tiny dot out there. <laughs> Let me see if I can zoom in so you could actually see it. Can you see anything? It doesn't want to focus. But those little tiny dots are a boat called Angelica and uh, it's probably their dinghy behind them. So yeah, and when I put the AIS, let me see if I can do this without ruining the picture. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, you'll have to go look at the show notes and I'll post this video so you can see what, um, what I'm talking about. But I'm going to go over here and show you. This is AIS. Let me zoom in here so you can see what I'm doing. All right, so that's the AIS signal for that boat. And when I select it, it pulls up information about that boat. So you can see Motor Yacht Angelica. And then it's the TCPA before had a time, which was time to intercept, basically. But yeah, it shows that they're going 18 knots. We are not. We are going 6.8 knots and at a heading of 290 degrees. The depth is, it says here 20 feet. Yep, that's the depth. That is correct. So let's see what happens when I click on our boat. So you can see, what does it say? Let me click on ourself. Focus. There we go. It just says chart point. It doesn't say our boat. Anyway, okay. So if you've been listening to this, I know that makes absolutely no sense unless you go and actually see the video. But basically, we just came within, you know, I don't know, a football field to football field lengths from that other boat, which is very stressful to me. <laughs> Way too close for my comfort. I'd like everybody to stay away from us in the middle of the night. All right, so now that you're just kind of listening more and more to my rambling thoughts in the middle of the night, uh, let me see what else I'd like to share with you. I am going to go down and get that glass of water, and then I will be right back. All right, I am back, and uh, I got my, not only did I get a glass of water, but I also got a Toblerone dark chocolate because I figure if I'm going to have to be at, on watch at 3.16 in the morning, I definitely need dark chocolate. Don't you agree? Uh, so welcome back. Um, it is really nice and calm right now. No uh, crazy waves. The sky has these like poofy clouds that are a mix between like white, although everything looks gray right now, but between um, what are probably white clouds and then some gray, darker clouds that look like they could threaten some rain, but there is the moon peeking through and uh, every now and then it hits the water and looks just divine and beautiful. So I thought I'd talk to you about our Bahama adventure. And uh, then after that, I'll talk a little bit about what next. Uh, but first, I'm going to eat a little Toblerone. And it is delicious. That's something Nathan always brings me chocolate when he comes back from the U.S. It's funny, this week we had a, a fun experience. Fun, I don't know if that's the right word. But we went, um, when we were in Nassau, there was a grocery store, a shuttle that picked us up at the marina, took us to Solomon's Fresh Market, and it was like we had arrived at Disney World by the reaction of the kids. They were so excited to see this well-stocked grocery store. I mean, it was like a U.S.-style grocery store, but like, like a Trader Joe's or even, even more than that, more like very, um, I mean, decadent, really. That's all I can think of now after having been in these places where, you know, you're lucky to get milk or eggs. And now uh, this had like, 
it literally had an entire aisle of cheese, just cheeses. Every kind of cheese you have ever wanted was there. And uh, my daughter, Ziva and Samuel too, were just like, they, they just couldn't believe it. They were just squealing with delight of, <laughs> about the cheese. And it's funny because you forget how much you take for granted until you don't have it, right? And so we didn't realize how much we've done without um, when we've been out here sailing. Now, there's different islands have restaurants, different islands have different levels of stocked grocery stores, but the prices are always high wherever you eat outside of your boat in the Bahamas and and even on your boat if you have to buy the stuff in the Bahamas because obviously everything has to be imported from somewhere else. Not everything, but most things. So groceries were a big one. That was a big part of our experience, figuring out what to eat, where to eat. When we started the adventure, we thought for sure we were going to catch lots of fish. And we caught like in all of the four months, we caught two little wannabe fish that somebody told us were not good eating even, and you should just throw them away. And we ended up eating them and they turned out to be good, but that was it. It was like we had enough for a little fish dip ceviche. And that was it, <laughs> the whole four months. So that was a shame. We even tried to catch stuff to tonight, I mean today, but we don't have the lines for this kind of fishing. We could, if we were, this area supposedly has some of the best fish that we could want. Um, they have wahoo and other fast moving fish, but our lines would never hold that. So one of the things we're doing heading back to Florida. So I always try to think of like the silver lining or as um, Natalie Goldfine from My Habit Upgrade taught me, find the gift in a thing. And so any bad situation or seemingly bad situation uh, has a gift to offer if you can just pay attention. And so finding the gift in being kicked out of the country, <laughs> which is how my husband likes to put it, which is make, it makes me laugh because he's like, yeah, my wife's a fugitive. She's, she's got to get, she's got to leave the country. They kicked her out. He really is getting a lot of airplay on that one. He enjoys <laughs> telling everybody that. But anyway, uh, this, for me, the gift or the silver lining in that is that there's a lot of things that we had been putting off doing um, on the boat that we were just like, okay, we'll just continue our, our sail and enjoy uh, the Bahamas further. But once we realized we were heading, having to head back to Florida, I mean, we probably could have fought it and all that, but we just said, you know, let's head back. Let's do what we got to do, take care of what needs to be handled. And among those things, our trampoline, which is the forward part of our boat, has these two uh, rope areas called trampolines. Now, they're not trampolines for jumping on, although generally if they're in good shape, they you can walk all over them and even a kid could jump on them and it wouldn't be a problem. But Ours are completely threadbare and have uh, holes, gaping holes in them. Uh, so we have to have those replaced. So that's one thing. We are adding solar panels and that's going to be a big part of it because I think I've talked about in the past, we, you know, running the generator every time you want to use to charge your batteries is not the best way to do it. And solar panels work very well generally on a boat because you're usually going to tropical, well, not everybody, but we on a boat that I would be on, <laughs> there's always sunshine. I'm not, I'm not big on cold. Uh, in fact, I'm sitting here and I don't know what the temperature is, but I'm wrapped in a blanket. I've got my um, foul weather gear, which is like a rain sturdy, like wind rain jacket on and I'm in the Bahamas. It's not that cold. <laughs> but anyway, so if it's up to me, we're staying in warm weather. Um, and that'll be something we'll talk about next, what to do this summer. So anyway, we're heading back. We're going to do the solar panels, the trampoline. I would love to get our septic system completely overhauled because it is horrible. And it is the number one thing I don't like about our boat is 
everything smells in the bathrooms. All three bathrooms smell. And I just think that they, the lines are old and they're not that old. I mean, they're 2012 and this is 2017. So five years is not that old, but I don't know. I think they were neglected and everything smells and I can't stand, that's something I just, for that I'd rather get rid of the boat than have it smell like sewer every time you walk in into the guest bedroom. So um, that's something I really am going to push for. What else do we want to do to the boat? Bottom cleaning and usually, you know, stuff like that. I think Nathan said we need to do some re-rigging on our sails, which of course we had them rigged or re-rigged uh, after the fire on the boat next to us and all of that that happened. But I don't know. He said there's something else that needs to be fixed, which I don't remember what it was. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that, mostly that kind of stuff. We really need to come up with a kind of a bigger plan of what we want to do. We are more kind of change day by day kind of people and think about what, like yesterday we were convinced that we were going to head back to uh, the Abacos, which is the north east side of the Bahamian Islands and uh, visit our friends in Hopetown and visit some another, with another boat, Baila, which is another sailboat that we that has teens or preteens on board and uh, also a little girl around Samuel's age that we really get along with them. So we were going to try to connect with them because uh, Monday is Passover and we are, have our Seder, which is a, a dinner that you re count or retell the the exodus from Egypt, the Jewish people, when they were released by the Pharaoh. And it's basically re retelling the story of Moses through a, a dinner or a Seder. Anyway, so we were so used to hosting a big gathering for that, for our Seders. And this is going to be the first time, I think, that it's just the five of us. And that's a little strange because it's more of a community meal. It's not really intended to be just you. <laughs> so that was weird. And we were hoping to, we were looking at connecting with friends in Hopetown and, and uh, some other sailing friends to have people with us at our Seder. And that was going to be our plan. And then all of a sudden, looking at the weather, we realized we could not do that. All the winds were pushing us in the exact opposite direction. And so unless we wanted to be severely uncomfortable, we would have to change our plans. Uh, another possibility that we were toying with was trying to connect with a boat named Totem, which I was really looking forward to getting to meet. They have three kids aboard, older, um, more like my oldest daughter's age and up, but they've circumnavigated and they have lots of stories I'm sure to tell and share and uh, their wife or lady on the boat is I think you say her name Behan. Um, anyway she wrote a book called Voyaging with Kids and so I just was looking forward to picking her brain and sharing stories so yeah we couldn't do that because they for the same reasons had to go in the direction of the wind and they had been in the Berry Islands and we were in NASA and so our paths did not cross as they, we thought they would. And that's kind of how it goes when you live on a boat. You get excited when you're going to see other boats with kids and then the plans change and there's a lot of heartbreak that happens for our kids when they don't get to see the people they thought they were going to get to see and uh, we say goodbye to a lot of people. So in a way it's good because it teaches them how to, you know, adjust to change and, and me too, not just them. Obviously when Nathan came home and all I wanted to do was talk, <laughs> that's because I don't have a lot of chance for social connections. Mostly I'm talking to myself and trying to get the children to listen to me without the benefit of another adult anywhere in my circle of influence. So. Yeah, the, that's a big priority. I think whenever we have the chance to connect with other kid boats, we make sure to do so. So that's a little bit of what we've been up to. Our route in the past four months is we went from West Palm Beach over to the Abacos, as I just mentioned. And uh, then from the Abacos, we went to Eleuthera, which is a beautiful, a lot of natural beauty in Eleuthera. 
and we had a blast jumping into a thing called an ocean hole, which is basically a big circle in these, like you, you walk along through the little town and then you follow the sign to ocean hole and then there's this circle hole in the ground that is so deep they can't measure it and you jump in and the fish are there and you swim with the fish and uh, we had a blast. Our dog Nala jumped in after us. Everybody swam and swam and swam so that was fun. So that was Eleuthera and that's when Miss Allie who had come with us, we had a babysitter, Allie Miller came with us for all of December and uh, the beginning, the first week in January, but she had to get back to college. And so we stayed in Rock Sound in Eleuthera so she could catch a flight out of there. And we said goodbye to her there, so that was sad. We really enjoyed having her. And uh, the good news is now we have a guest room. The bad news is now we don't have help. <laughs> and also just going back to the having another adult to talk to, it was very nice. So that was the Eleutheras, and then we went across to Exuma, which is another chain of islands, kind of in the center of the Bahamas, more like the southern center. And we only went to the top of the Exumas at that point. That was Highborn Key, which was a beautiful place. We anchored, we saw nurse sharks in the wild. I mean, just, it was really cool. And then we went back to Nassau. And Nassau was basically the place we received guests and where Nathan flew out of. That was something that he had to do frequently. So Nassau has a good airport and we found a, a marina there, Palm Key Marina that we stayed at for like three weeks. And my daughter started training because she's a competitive gymnast and she started training at the gym in Nassau called Nassau Nastics. And then the other two kids started doing gymnastics at the same time, which was wonderful. Everybody was doing something off the boat that kept their attention and burned off some energy. So that was very nice and I'm grateful to NASA Nastics for letting us participate and let everybody be there. So that was NASA, then Nathan came back and we sailed down the chain of the Exumas um, starting think we skipped Highborn Key on the way back. We went to Shroud Key, which is the Exuma Land and Sea Park. And at first we were intimidated to go there because we were afraid they warn you like vehemently that you can't take anything out of the park, not one shell, not one stick, nothing. And we were like, oh my gosh, what if our six-year-old happened to put a shell in his pocket or the dog, you know, came on board? They, they threatened to not only fine you, but they can confiscate your boat and you have like 48 hours to get out of the country. <laughs> so we're like, yeah, I don't think we want to go there. But in the end, we did go there because so many of our friends who also are on boats with kids raved about it. So we ended up going and it was beautiful. You take your dinghy or a kayak and you go up this river in the middle of this tiny little island and then it comes out onto the sea and these very big crashing waves and it just was stunning, really beautiful. So that was Shroud Key and then we headed south to Staniel Key and Staniel Key was one of the highlights of the trip. They had something called Thunderball, Thunderbolt, something like that. Thunderball Grotto is what it was, I think. That was a place that you dive into a cave and come up inside the cave and it's like a coral reef and a cave all at once and it's beautiful. So that's Staniel Key and that's also the place where the, you've probably heard they're famous for having pigs that swim out to the, your boat and they live on the beach right there. So yeah, that was Staniel Key. That was a beautiful experience. I'm not a big fan of pigs, but other than that, it was a nice experience. And then we continued on to Georgetown all the way we stopped for uh, weather systems and whatnot, but we got to Georgetown and, excuse me, oh, it is so early, late. It's hard to believe I used to party till this time because now I'm just wanting to go to sleep. Anyway, we went to Georgetown and we arrived in Georgetown just as it was the time of the regatta, the Georgetown sailing regatta. And it was really a, a cool experience. We really enjoyed that. 
we didn't see a lot of the races, but just a lot of people there, a lot of different boats. Everybody helps each other out. And they have a, a little beach called Chat and Chill or Volleyball Beach where they have volleyball nets set up and they have a little like grill restaurant there. And so you and lots of picnic tables and a rope that kind of swings from this tree. And the kids were just like jumping out of the tree and swinging on this rope. And it was great. It was the gathering place. Georgetown is the gathering place of the Bahamas. And you have a little bit of that, I think, in Hopetown. Although I, from what I gather, Hopetown was more like where we met other kids, but that's where we met other kids on land. Like a lot of our friends who actually live in Hopetown have kids now. And um, Hopetown was more for like land-based friends. But Georgetown is where we met lots of cruising friends and got to know a lot of the other kid boats that we hadn't done before. Before that, really in the Abacos and the Eleuthera, we did not encounter many other kid boats. So it was really fun. We had some epic Shabbats, which is uh, our Friday night dinner, where we had 20 plus people on the boat just toasting and sharing, breaking bread and just, you know, being together. What else? Oh, and that's where my kids went to the Georgetown Primary School for three weeks. That was also a place where Nathan flew out of. So he flew out of NASA and he also flew out of Georgetown. Then after that, we received our guests. Uh, the Cramptons flew in and came to Georgetown. After that, we sailed from Georgetown up to NASA with the Cramptons on a very rough crossing. And we ended up uh, then going to Atlantis. After the Cramptons left, we received my sister, Sarah, and her family with Edgar and my nieces and nephew. And then we stayed at Atlantis for a few days, probably four days. And then finally we moved to Bay Street Marina. So that is the pretty much the sum, summary of our Bahamian tour. And now the question is, what next? I will uh, chat more about that after the break. Okay, I'm back and yeah, I'm still just as tired. Nothing much out there, which is great. And the moon is now fully out of the clouds, so I can see much better around me, which makes me feel better. So now we go back. I really liked the idea of doing our Passover Seder here in the Bahamas on a remote island. We got everything we needed on board to do that. Nathan brought back matzah from, uh, which is the, the unleavened cracker bread that you eat for 10 days on Passover. And that's because it commemorates the haste with which the Jews left Egypt. And so they, just, they couldn't wait for their bread to rise. So you eat matzah for 10 days. So we needed matzah and we were gonna try to make it. The kids and I were like, how do we do that? So we were looking up ways to make matzah, but then Nathan found it in I think El Paso, Texas, he was able to get some, oh no, I think it was Florida, and uh, brought that over. And we got the supplies at that grocery store for Herosit, which is apples and, oh, and he brought over the walnuts. So there's this delicious apple walnut dish that you make called Herosit, and it represents the mortar between the bricks that the Egyptians had to use to build the pyramids and when they were slaves. I'm sorry, that well, they were Egyptian Jews, right? And so we got the stuff to make that. We got the stuff to make, oh, we like hard boiled eggs. That's part of it. A lamb shank. That's another part of it. Bitter herbs. We got parsley and we also got, we actually got um, Brussels sprouts because it was supposed to be something that doesn't taste good and we don't like. <laughs> Other people use like, um, I think like a, some kind of bitter lettuce. But anyway, we just do things a little differently. And we're definitely not Orthodox, but I do like our family's traditions. And a lot of them are new, relatively new traditions. And not the Seder and not Shabbat, because his parents um, did that. But a lot of it, it, you kind of develop your own. And so one of the things I was really looking forward to was being on a remote island for our Seder. We did that once when the girls were little. We were on a remote island uninhabited island for Halloween. And it's one of the holidays they most remember. And they were very little, they were two and four. But just the ability to do it creatively instead of having the ability to run down to Party City 
or some other place to get supplies or Publix to have to get creative and make things that you otherwise would depend on the store for. So I was looking forward to that, but there's a few factors that are causing us to rush to Florida instead of staying on an island somewhere in the Bahamas and then go to Florida. And the number one thing is that my kids, after my sister visited, they got the idea that they would like to go visit the cousins in Chicago. And my sister works for United so they can get buddy passes and go standby. But the timing is such that if they don't go like Tuesday or Wednesday after Passover, Passover's on a Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday, they'd have to go because that's the most likely time they'll have a seat available. And they are, it, it's Easter week and spring break starts for Chicago schools, which is where my family lives. Um, so they are going to try to get to Chicago and we looked at flight options and if our choices were to either stay in Nassau for several days um, so that they could fly out of Nassau or head back to Florida and have them fly out of there. A big part of why we decided to go that route besides the weather and just, you know, there's a lot of reasons we needed to head back anyway, is the immigration issue. We had from Monday, which will be Passover is on the 10th, we would have one week left that we would have to be out of the country by the deadline of the 17th. So rather than extend it and drag it out, we decided to go for it and, and uh, head back. Uh, the other thing is Nathan's kind of in a, you know, he, once he decides, once, and I'm kind of this way too, I think, I guess most people are, but once you've kind of made the mental decision, then, then he's done and he's ready to go. <laughs> he's kind of a man of action, uh, which is what I love about him and also what drives me a little crazy. So now we are heading over to Bimini. We have to stop there for fuel, maybe stop at a restaurant, and then we make the big crossing to Florida, and then we'll see what we want to do next. It looks like we're going to be heading up the East Coast. It's something we've never done, and I mean, I've been to different cities on the East Coast, but the kids have never been really to explore, except when they were really little. And we've never been there or anywhere like it while homeschooling. And homeschooling is a totally different experience for me. And going up the East Coast of the United States lends itself to a lot of potential learning experiences about American history and being able to visit these historic sites and really explore in a way that we would not be able to do that, you know, elsewhere or if we were in a regular traditional school. So it's an opportunity. The fact that we have to get back and all that, we might as well just make the most of it. So what we're talking about now is heading up the East Coast for the summer, maybe all the way up to Maine, possibly Nova Scotia, but we're just taking it bit by bit. That's pretty much the story of our lives, bit by bit. So as of right now, the theory is that we're going to head up the East Coast, but I'm not giving up on my dream, my plan, my my hope that we will sail to Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, where my father is from. He lives in Chicago, but a lot of my extended family is still in Puerto Rico. And I have, you know, I've always been very close to my family, even though we don't see each other a lot. I'm eager to get there and spend some time on the island that I love so much. And it has so many things that we have been needing to figure out it has options there. Number one is that it has an easy in and easy out airport and it's part of the US. So people don't have to mess with, you know, getting passports and stuff necessarily. So that's one thing. The other thing is gymnastics. They have a good gym there and hopefully Hava would be able to train at their gym. And then what else? Oh, they have a synagogue, a reformed synagogue there where potentially Ahava could do her bat mitzvah because she is 12, she'll be 13 next January. It's kind of the coming of age celebration for each member of a congregation. Each young person has a bar or bat mitzvah and it's kind of the transition between childhood and adulthood. So we've been struggling with what to do about that. Sorry, I'm waning, I know I'm like 
rambling because I'm tired. So you guys are like, I used to call my mom or Nathan's mom when she was alive. Uh, whenever I was like driving and tired, I'd call so I'd have someone to talk to, to keep me awake. But uh, I can't do that because I'm in the middle of nowhere. And so you guys are my someone to talk to. <laughs> so oh, I'm sure you guys all are not listening by now and have hung up the phone. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we've been wondering because all the kids had been going to the synagogue in New Mexico at, uh, in Albuquerque. Uh, and they had a date for her, for her bat mitzvah scheduled. And then the cantor, who we love very much, was like, well, I really need that date for someone else. And we'll just have a hava study and get ready to do her bat mitzvah once you guys get back. Well, there's no guarantee we're coming back. If it's up to me, we're not, or at least we're not coming back full time. So Ahava definitely doesn't want to wait for her bat mitzvah. And really there's other options. So there's this synagogue in Puerto Rico that um, helps work with families that are interested in doing a bat mitzvah or bar mitzvah away from their home congregation. So I have to call them this week and or I guess I'll have to wait till after Passover, but we're going to try to figure out if we can have a Hava's bat mitzvah in Puerto Rico, which would be great because then my family could come. We could have the excuse to sail over to Puerto Rico. I know my family would visit me there and hopefully a Hava could also train at the gym there. Now, Nathan isn't convinced about this big grand plan of mine because he's worried about the big crossing. I'm I'm pretty sure that's the main concern. And you know, the reality is when we were just at anchor right now where we were rolling and it was so uncomfortable, I can understand why, because that's like big, wild, crazy ocean that we're talking about, not just a small 25 feet deep Bahamian bank. It's definitely wild ocean. And he worries about crossing the ocean in this boat. All right, I'm waning. I think I'm gonna wrap this up. I wanna talk more, but I can't. I'm falling asleep. Thank you guys for listening, for being my sounding board. If you like these episodes and you wanna hear more, please drop me a line at rlr at newmexicast.com. Or if you're so inclined and you do like this podcast, you can always leave a review for me in iTunes. I'm Rosalinda Roman, and this is New Mexicastaways. Castaways.